We did it. We've gone live. Welcome, everybody, to the Xbox Series podcast, where we're going to talk extensively and exclusively about Rise, Son of Rome. Bedley Headley, how are you doing this week? And do you like Rise, Son of Rome? Mate, you have put me on the spot because I have not played Rise, Son of Rome. That is Whoa. I really need to sort that out. That's, wow, a great start, everybody. Great start. Um, no, I, I can't really tell you much about uh, Rise, Son of Rome, but you know what game I can tell you about. We'll get into Please that in do. a minute. <laughs> do you want me to get into well, that now? The problem is we are talking exclusively, extensively about Rise, Son of Rome, so I can't think of anything else that, that could be uh, on the agenda. No, of course we're not. Of course we're not. Go on, then. <laughs> oh, are we talking about Brotato already? Okay, you know what? Deadly, go ahead. One second, I'll be right back. Oh, you dick. What What's have you done? Oh, no. Don't do that. Right. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Right, well, this was... Um... Turn the camera off. <laughs> I was not prepared. I have a two-person overlay, but that was an unexpected switch. Let me think. Let's go I, actually yeah. I actually dropped. <laughs> oh, now he comes back. I'm sorry. And, and now we go back to here. <laughs> so, that's it. I, I win the Brotato conversation. He, he ran away from it. Um, Where were we? Deadly Headley. You can, In fact, you let's, can let's, do our, let's do our normal intros, first of all. We're going to find out how you are Let's, this week before we get into what you've been playing and what you do and don't like about it. So, how are you doing, sir? I'm very, very good. Thank you, mate. I'm very, very good. How are you? Love to hear it. Oh, I'm fantastic. As long as Gamsley keeps his shit together. Um, Gamsley, <laughs> besides whatever happened just then, how are you doing this week? <laughs> so good. I'm so good. I tripped over my camera, apparently. Um, very good. I'm excited to talk about games and things like Brotato. How does one Whenever trip over a camera while sitting in a chair? Well, I rotated it and my, <laughs> my, <laughs> my stuff is very close to my legs. And I, yeah, unplugged my camera. I'm sorry. Gave it the old Taekwondo and just kicked it across the room. I understand. I know exactly yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Right. Let's do right, the difficult bit. It. Deadly Headley. What have you been playing this week? I have been playing Baldur's Gate 3 and yes. Rotato, which is fantastic, and I love it. And I couldn't put it down today. And I was supposed to, by the way. I had stuff planned, and I didn't do it because I played Rotato, and then I had a nap, and then I woke up, and now I'm here. So that's how my day's been. How about you, Gamsley? What have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> well, uh, audio listeners, if uh, if you're listening intently, I have why we're laughing is because I have a little trophy here. This is a trophy, <laughs> and this over here, I'm pointing at a potato <laughs> with googly eyes. <laughs> I have won. I am claiming my victory, Asa. <laughs> I did it. Uh, Victory is mine. You know what? I, I, I humbly accept That's my so first funny. ever defeat. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. really I'm loving it. It's really good, man. <laughs> right, you keep your gliding you face there for a minute. The can you sh can you show us those properly, Gamsley? Can you bring them up to yeah. the camera without yeah. um so. without kicking it over again for the second time on a live show? It's, oh, that's it's beautiful. <laughs> 
That is perfect. Spotify listeners, I think you, you do actually get the audio, the video uh, as an option on your feed, so make sure you check that out. Anybody on Apple, oh, you're going to have to jump on YouTube excellent. and check this out. That's, that's so course. good. Well done, man. <laughs> right. Let's um, post-match commentary, though. Wait. Deadly Headley, what's so good about Brotato? Um... I think it's it's a very it's a very simple game to pick up and play. I think if you've obviously played uh, Vampire Survivors or anything similar to that, um, it kind of t does what it says on the tin. Um, I acknowledge the tin. The it says Brotato. <laughs> In terms of the type of game that it is, <laughs> Ace is very salty. By the way, <laughs> not happy about this. He wanted the win. <laughs> <laughs> um it's okay no i i think the uh it it's very simple um but i i do actually quite like the art style it's just sort of it's got a nice fun not serious kind of vibe to it um rounds happen fairly quick as well so it doesn't really feel like it's taking up a huge amount of your time but spoiler alert it does um and the I think the overall sort of sense of humor of, uh, and tone of the of the game is is quite charming. Um, I I acknowledge the the criticism that you had about um, the the map being quite small, but I don't actually mind that that much. Um, I seem to have hit a bit of a ceiling with it. I can't seem to push past um, wave fifteen at the moment, but um, yeah, I'm having fun experimenting with um, a few different sort of weapon builds and things like that. Um, I really like the way that if you, I like how forgiving the store is. Uh, not that not as in terms of like, because I don't think there is a monetization element to it at all. Mm -hmm. um, any upgrades and things that you purchase as you're as you're playing through. Um, I like that you have quite a lot of agency over that. Um, so things like um, if there's a specific weapon that you maybe want, but you're not 100% on it, you can sort of lock it in place and then it will still be there the following round. Uh, Rerolls are very cheap as well. So it does get to the point where, you know, say sort of wave eight onwards and you've got a bit of money behind you, um, you can afford to sort of keep searching for more gear and kind of just dial your, your build in a little bit. I'm still learning a lot about the game, but um, I'm having a really good time with it. I, I really do enjoy it. So, yeah, um, definitely a, a W for Gamsley on this one. Oh. I think it's great. <laughs> That's what do, I like you know, you know more about the game than I do because I didn't know half of that stuff that you just said, but I'm still better at it than you because I have finished it. I haven't finished wow. that. I've finished the first basic easy mode difficulty. I've done the wave 20 okay. and one, well, I hate uh, this game. But that's still, you know. Uh, <laughs> Gamsley, have you got anything to add about why you think Brotato? Why am I wrong? What, how does it work? No, I, what, what's the hook? Asa, Asa, it's like beating a dead horse at this point. You know what I mean? I just gotta, no, because that's more fun. The horse is more likely to do something. This... <laughs> 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 it's so good. I Look, I no, I'm not going to do this to you, Asa. I like you too much. I, I got nothing left on Brotato. It is what it is. It's on Game Pass. Go play it, guys. Go play it right now. It's amazing. Well, then let's pull this show back to topic. Gamsley. Yes. Tell me about Rise mm -hmm. Son of Rome. <laughs> Have you played it? Do you like it? <laughs> so good. Yo, okay. Are we actually talking about Rise Son of Rome? <laughs> Why? Right. Just a tiny bit. <laughs> what? 
the best 900p game of all time. You're welcome. Yeah. And also probably the best quick time game of all time as well since you do nothing but quick time in that game. Um good story. Great story if I remember correctly. I wanted a sequel. Like I was I was ready for another one. Um but that's that's all I remember about this fucking game. I'm sorry. Next. <laughs> That's right. For those that are wondering or are, are leaving as quickly as you can, we're not doing an extensive Rise Son of Rome podcast today. Maybe one day. There's there's things you can talk about on that game. Um, I, I don't know where where that came from. I just pulled it out of my mouth when we started because I didn't want to talk about potato. But there we go. It's happened. We can all put it behind us and move on to some of the topics today. And there's a big obvious one that that's been hard to ignore this week, which uh, comes from the shadow of the Erd Tree. Elden Ring's downloadable content. We have the the fortuitous situation of having not been doing this for very long, so we've never got together and had a talk about Elden Ring to begin with. Deadly Headley, are you a Souls fan and are you an Elden Ring fan? Oh, you're muted. You're muted, Deadly. Thank you for that. Uh, I am very, very new to the Souls genre. Um, the Actually, the first one that I really dabbled with was um, Remnant 2 when that came in um, to Game Pass a couple months ago. And I actually quite liked it. Um, I want to go and check out Lies of P. But no, I haven't taken the plunge and gone into mm. Elden Ring. I think it's, it's one of those things where... Uh, and I do really advocate for things like Game Pass to help encourage players to find new genres. The Souls-like was never really a genre that, I can't say it didn't appeal to me, um, it's just not really something that I ever sort of dabbled with on purpose. Um, so what I really appreciated about something like Remnant 2 uh, coming to Game Pass, and again, being willing to check out Liza P for the same reason, um, is to sort of jump in and start enjoying that so no i have not played elden ring um but i have heard fantastic things about elden ring i need to, i need Deadly. to get my shit together don't Deadly. i There's, you can't, yeah, you can't not hear fantastic things about elden rings but tell me elden rings um what has kept you away from from it in the first place because obviously it had massive fomo around it when it came out there was massive social media buzz and everybody would have been mm. telling you you have to play this game you're scared no um I think it was more not necessarily wanting to take the 70 quid plunge on a game that I didn't know if I was going to like or not. So I remember thinking to myself, because I haven't dabbled in the Souls-like genre, I would rather give myself that opportunity on any whatever comes to Game Pass. And if I like the genre, then yes, I'll stick it on the backlog. Um, Elden Ring's DLC coming out sort of opens up the hopefully the opportunity to get it at a decent price with the DLC included as well. So yeah, it's going to be on my, mm -hmm. on my to buy in 2024 list for sure. Well, that's something we can all look forward to. I think um, it is not, um, not as hostile as you might understand it to be from the outside. And even if you've struggled with other souls like games, it's, it's not actually that abrasive. But I actually don't mind difficulty in games either, to be fair. Like like mm. Remnant 2 got quite spicy, but I I enjoyed it sort of dialing that up. Like actually when it got challenging and that sort of really stubborn part of me goes, Nope, I will not accept defeat. Quite enjoyed it. So yeah, I think I will like it. Mm -hmm. 
Gamza, you're smiling a bunch. You, I know that you love this game already. Tell me why you love Elden Ring. Uh, well, <laughs> believe it or not, okay, so this game actually made me a huge fan of the genre in the first place. Um, <clears throat> my problem with all the other uh, Souls games was that, you know, you're limited to one path, one hallway, and if you, once you get stuck, even on a boss or whatever, yeah, there might be other routes you can go, secrets, and grind the same enemies, but that's just it. Like, if you got stuck, you had to grind the same enemies over and over and over again just to get, like, if you were bad at the game or not very good at it or whatever, uh, you, you could just grind your way out of it and, and beat it, right? That, that's what I love about Elden Ring, is that that grind there, if you're not good at it, you can just wander off somewhere else, go to an easy set of enemies, and still discover things and weapons and, and all that stuff. And, and get better at it and get so powerful that the bosses are essentially nothing. Like, you can overpower your yourself uh, for set boss. And that's the kind of easy mode. And uh, it just, it, uh, it made me a huge fan. Uh, everything that I did discover felt meaningful and fun. Uh, yeah, you do get some swords sometimes that you're like, oh my god, my build sucks for this, you know? You get Sometimes you get a, a weapon like a wand and you're like, oh man, my intellect sucks, I, I wasn't built for this. But it, it, was, it was still rewarding and fun and gave you like that question in your mind, oh my god, should I switch my whole build for this? It's almost like old school Diablo feel where you get, you're like, oh my god, I, mm -hmm. I, I got this thing, let me like reset and do a new character and go this way. And and it's just, um, it was wonderful in that way. Um, it's a great game. It's a great game. There's nothing else to so say about it. It's just have so, you done multiple playthroughs already? No. No, I have not. I beat it once. When the DLC comes out, are you going to pick up your previous character and, and play from there? Or are you going to start all over again and make something new? I think I'm going to... I'm going to start over because that's that's the beauty of it. Like when I said Diablo, like that that's what <laughs> Diablo stop. Stop flaming me. Um, <laughs> Diablo. Um, the, the fun of switching characters up and going for a different design, a different class, um, you know, was really part of the fun in that game. And I, I feel the same enticement for this game. I feel why not restart and try something different? And uh, it's part of the fun. And I, I've forgotten so much about it already that I'm ready for it again. So, so I'm. Um, I haven't finished it because I suck. Not because I suck. I didn't get stuck on it or anything like that. But I was uh, playing along through Elden Ring and I got lost and distracted and decided to pause for a little bit while I waited for for some updates on the old PC version. Um, then those updates came and went, and I just kind of forgot to go back to it. It's been my intention forever. But just looking at the trailer that was playing, I I, I cannot get over like how good it looks despite not not looking technically incredible um the the way that they managed to get their scene compositions together in spite of it being an open world game because you can see that in a linear game where everything is is placed and they know exactly where you're going to approach from and can set up all of this lighting and composition in exactly the way that they want but this is open world and it still manages to, to capture that so consistently and just look freaking awesome all around so um i, I actually like it a lot despite being a fraud that hasn't quite finished it so what did you what did you well you know bro tato is just uh, uh, i'm right on that anyways um <laughs> off of bro tato 
Uh, what what did you run in Elden Ring? What uh, what was your set? What was uh, what so were you doing? That's kind of where it went wrong for me because I started off trying to build um, a strength faith kind of character, and then I found a weapon that I really liked that required dexterity. So I went off on a grinding spree, completely respect my character to be able to use this weapon. And for as long as I had that goal in front of me, I was having a good time. I always pressing forwards, getting towards my, my three-headed flail that I wanted to use. But when I got it, I carried on for a bit and went, well, I've not actually seen much evidence of armor that I want in this game. I never want to leave this weapon behind. Mm. So now I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. I'm oh, going to pause <laughs> and come back to it. Yeah, literally, like, part, partly actually literally physically lost because I was on the um, get into the school of mages or whatever you have to find some key on a secret treasure island that i have no clue where it was that was like, oh. that thing you know <laughs> i i had to get told by my my friend no my brother my brother had to tell me where to go on that one too i almost got stuck and dropped it for the same reason almost that one thing where you had to kind of go on the side like there's a dragon and behind the dragon i think that's where the item is and then you had to basically I mean, the entrance is right on this random cliff and <laughs> you get in. And mm -hmm. so it's so, it was so weird to me, but yeah. I remember that being a huge problem for me too, but I, I stuck it out and I, I read a guide, Asa, you know, the things well, that are you online. Know, you know, I don't do that because I'm not search up a cheat on your phone. Right? That's just cheating. You yeah, need to even play Elden Ring. If you followed a guide, then, you know. What I mean? you know. No, I'm, I actually, I fully intended to go back to it. Part of this is I'm, as much as everyone else, a massive victim to FOMO and following the marketing beats and all of that. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a Dragon's Dogma 2 trailer. So I'm like, oh shit, i got to play Dragon's Dogma now. This is going to be incredible. I've got to go and play the first one. Final Fantasy VII was another one. Like, oh, there's a new one. i got to go and play the previous one. And now we've got this Elden Ring trailer has dropped. I'm like, yeah, i got to go. I've got to pick up Elden Ring again. It's back in my mind for the next five minutes. So I've got it installed, ready to go. Might play it right after this, might not, but... Yeah. You gotta play it before, right? Like that's something you gotta play before Dogma. Got until right? June. It's gonna just take over. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's already far Speaking too many. Dragon games Dogma too. Headley, how how do you do you do you are you interested in Dragon Dogma too? I haven't played the first one, but I am interested in it. Yeah, everything <laughs> I've seen looks good. I, with the caveat of it running at thirty on consoles, which mm. I'm kind of pissed about, but um. Yeah, I, I'm still gonna play it. It it does it does look good. Yeah, something about those uh, Japanese style like open world <laughs> fantasy games. They have a really unique art style. That engine is beautiful as well. Anyway, next. One second, I've got to tell Goat Status how amazing I am. Not how amazing, <laughs> just I am amazing. There we go. Done. Took a little while to type that through. Um, sharp. Yeah, why not? That's going to be weird You'll out see. of context for everyone catching up on demand. <laughs> hey, everyone catching up on demand. Um, Goat Status has said in our chat that I'm going to go up against Malaketh and quit as if I'm going to struggle with a boss in Elden Ring. So I just I had to let everybody know, actually, I'm pretty freaking amazing at all of the games that I play, especially Brotato, um, but also all of the games that I play. Shut up, uh, Gamsley. I mean, he, 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 he beat me, and I put more time into it than Asa did, so I'm, I'm going to give no, him No, no, no. Deadly, you don't understand. Listen, go watch the community stream and watch this man fucking run into every single goddamn wall Listen, in Forza, all right? Nobody I'll seek evidence <laughs> through my live streams of whether I am actually amazing or not. Well, just, just take my word for it. 
and we'll um, we'll move on from there. So yeah, no, Dragon's Dogma Two looks absolutely incredible to me as well in the way that um, it obviously has some things in common with Elden Ring in that it is taking what could have been a, a typical high fantasy setting and it's putting its own spin on it in the way that like, the Japanese tend to do, right? So mm -hmm. uh, it's it's not going to look like Skyrim and it's not going to look like The Witcher. It's got a lot in common with those settings, but it's very much its own thing. And what's most kind of exciting about it for me is that everything seems to be totally dynamic, totally like emergent gameplay everywhere, all physics and system driven, all the things that you would complement Skyrim for, where you've got systems on systems on systems all layering up together. Dragon's Dogma yep. 2 is, I mean, obviously the first game did a lot of it as well, but it's building on it and hopefully, hopefully pushing things to, to a whole new level. It has been for a while, right? I'm not one for making predictions and things, but if I'm trying to guess game of the year for this year, Dragon's Dogma has so much potential to, to steal that one, even definitely, if it is 30 frames per second. It just five, looks bro. incredible. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I, 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 I'm with you on that. Definitely a top five for me already, which is crazy. And it's only, you know, beginning of the year, but that it just looks so hard to beat. Assuming nothing goes like horrifically wrong when it actually comes out and it does actually work as intended. Mm. Oh, no, no. Well, eh, Helldivers 2 might beat it, but, you know, who knows? This <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> is on a vendetta oh, against you. that game. And <laughs> I totally am. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know why. I've, I've got nothing I can say on that. I've not played it all that much to have much of a comment. Nobody's played it all that much because the bloody thing doesn't work. Um, yep. Speaking of, doesn't doesn't work, has anybody, I think the answer to this is going to be no, but we had uh, a long-awaited, at least in some circles, very long-awaited beta release, beta beta, of Final Fantasy XIV. A subscription-based MMORPG landed on Xbox this week with the advisory from Square Enix that if you already play Final Fantasy XIV on a different platform and you want to like account cross-progress and all the rest of it, you should not touch the beta. So it's an open beta for people that generally haven't already invested and got involved in that game. But it begs the question, are you interested in Final Fantasy XIV in general, or what's your take on MMORPGs and consoles? Obviously, Microsoft owning World of Warcraft now. Right? How do you think those sit going forwards? I'll start with you, Deadly Headley. Um, so I'm, I'm not a Final Fantasy guy period, to be honest. Um, so Final Fantasy fourteen is kind of just also going straight over my head. Um, but I am happy to see more MMOs coming to Xbox because I think that's important. Um, and yeah, I think it's it, it's good news that another player base gets to go and enjoy that. Um, I have seen quite a, a lot of like noise and hype around it, especially from those who um, are invested in Final Fantasy fourteen. So it's sort of it's one of those things where I to hand on heart look at it and go good for the communities that, that really love it it's not my kind of thing but um yeah it's it's good to see that xbox is continuing to sort of expand its portfolio with types of experiences that it's offering because i think that's something that it's clearly tried to make more of a conscious effort to do um <clears throat> and i think that really kind of speaks of what it's trying to do with um the Japanese market and sort of getting more involved with more and more Japanese developers because it really wants to expand its audience. So yeah, good for Xbox, good for Square Enix, good for Final Fantasy fourteen and MMO fans. Um, have fun with it. That's that's me. Absolutely. Um, 
Gamzy, you are an MMO player. I know you've done some World of Warcraft. You've done um, some of the Elder Scrolls one, haven't you? A bunch of games. I know that's more your genre. Have you done Final Fantasy fourteen? I have on on PC. I have. I, but sadly, I came in a little late. And this is like the first MMO that my brother and I and my buddies have not played together, which is strange because it's like one of the best ones. Um, for a while after WoW, uh, my brother and I really did try all the MMOs, Guild Wars, all that stuff. Um, even the Star Wars one, I forgot its name, but that was quite good, but didn't, so didn't really tall. have the legs for us. Um, yeah. Um, so I tried this one by myself and honestly, probably... It was such a weird thing for me because the story was dragging me in way more than the gameplay. So the gameplay was pretty awful by myself. Like, I'm not going to lie. It reminds me of playing a priest in vanilla WoW with no one else around you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was just so dreadfully slow. Um, the animations are quite... Like, the animations pop. It, it keeps you interested. Um... But, like, there's nothing really solo about that game to me if you're playing any sort of class. there At one point, you do reach a part where you get a ton of spells. I think that's, like, level 40. You have a ton of spells, and your job system... Like, the job system is quite unique because you could switch jobs on the fly. You could basically be whatever you want, anytime you want. Um, and it, it gets really in-depth, but it didn't really hook me as a single like as a single person. Mm -hmm. um, but the story is fantastic. The story really did hold me for a long time. Um, but yeah, I had a brief moment with it. Nothing nothing crazy. And the meat of the content is in those raids and, and, and all that stuff that I didn't, and, and dungeons that I didn't get to do um, because I was kind of done with the robotic kind of looking for group system. I don't like those in MMOs anymore. I, I wish it was just, kind of old school and harder <laughs> to find people um so you go search for them uh mm -hmm. in the world but um yeah you know my stance on that i'm not i'm not really modern mmo guy but uh yeah final final fantasy 14 go play it if you have friends you have like four four people go go do that it, it, it's fun the classes are dynamic later game and uh it's it's a good time I'm, I'm glad it's, we got it. I'm glad Xbox got it. I don't know how the heck console players are going to play that. I haven't played it on console. It's 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 probably the harder than WoW. It's probably harder than WoW if I had to guess. And um, yeah, no, um, very complex. Where do you guys um, both land on subscription services or subscription games in general? Where do you, where do you both land there? Well. Uh, Go on, games. Where do you obviously you love them because you play World of Warcraft a bunch, but well, I the sub service is kind of ancient now, but it, WoW was okay for me because WoW at that time was pumping out incredible content at a rapid pace. Um, they did charge the DLC. <laughs> Every DLC was forty nine dollars, but it was forty nine dollars, not sixty nine or eighty nine or whatever. 
it seemed to be fair because the money that I was putting in, I kind of got a sense that it was given back to me. And as naive as that might seem, it just felt like that. So they must have been doing something properly. So I was um, a fan because it was alive and it was uh, being pumped with a bunch of content continuously for years and still is. So yeah, uh, in that context, giving me more stuff that I want to play, I'm okay with it. If that's what the subs lead to, I think. Um, so I actually never liked the subscription in World of Warcraft. I never felt they really did give enough content to justify a monthly payment. I kind of wanted to see almost monthly content so that it felt more transactional. Like I paid my ten, I give me something back for it. Um, Warcraft was actually relatively slow on that kind of thing in those days when it when it came out. Final Fantasy sits in a difficult place on Xbox for multiple reasons. Some of this applies cross-platform, but particularly because it's launching on Xbox right now. Um, it's got that subscription, which you can look at it and you can weigh up whether it holds value or not, but you are going to be weighing it up against the likes of Game Pass because it's a similar price. So you're talking about content for one game for this amount of subscription versus like 500 whole games for a similar price. Um, that is, for people that are not already invested in it, probably a, a fairly difficult pill to swallow um especially if you're yeah, not used to other subscription games and all the rest of it it's also got it's not really to its advantage that it's been out for a hundred years already all right this game launched on the playstation 3 if you're trying to get into a game that has a strong story but you're like, like a decade behind that story i think that's fairly like a daunting starting point the thing that it's got going for yeah. it is um Go on. Can I butt in? The, they, yeah. They do lead you in, like, there's good recap systems in that game. Like, that's just, that game is really friendly. Well, does it pretty well? Like, Destiny 2 does it terribly, right? On loading. Mm -hmm. It just, they just, they're, just, they're terrible at it. Uh, WoW is terrible at it. But, like, this, this game does it quite well. They do recap really well. And the content mm -hmm. is very accessible uh, because, first off, you want to start from zero most of the time. It just, yeah, I don't know why they, they do a good job at that. And the story progression is 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 just in your face all the time. And I, and I don't know. It, I think they do really well with the story stuff to recap players and get you up there. I, I agree. It's daunting. But every dungeon is doable even with uh, PvE people like they they fill the group NPCs, with like yeah. pawns basically so it's mm -hmm. really friendly in that in that way it is and the things that it does obviously it's got moogles as well i freaking hate final fantasy moogles so that's a, a massive turn off for, for me to to push me away from the game and all of its weird bunny characters and things like that it leans into the the weirder side of final fantasy a bit but it also leans into some of its strengths with like incredible music and stories apparently if you get towards the end of it stupid bunny ears why have you got bunny ears get off um, what do you have against bunny ears, bro? What is wrong with it? Well, it's just, it, you know, what it's if a I show bit up weird. with bunny ears it's... next time? Yeah. I'd like to say, looking for new co-hosts. Um, <laughs> so, oh, going for it, though, like, it does have a good free trial system. You can get into that game, and I can see if you've got people that engage with it with a group of friends, the biggest strength of any MMORPG is the fact that if you're playing it with a group of people, then it can be addictive as hell. So, if this beta manages to get a little bit of attention and make a little bit of splash, if the launch manages to get some people to just try it with their friends, that's when they might fall into that subscription and, and get a lot out of the game. Um, 
Debbie Headley, do you think it's going to find much of an audience on the Xbox platform? It's a difficult thing to guess because obviously you don't know even a fraction of the people that play Xbox games, but is it doomed to fail or can it find success there? It's it's an interesting one. Maybe maybe it finds a new audience in a generation that like a, a younger generation, but um yeah, it's a tough one. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna achieve any sort of like crazy viral renewed success. But you know, it I guess it, it sort of it feels like it's more of a move to support that existing community that may want to play on another platform rather than it being designed to I, I think it's it's designed to introduce a new audience to it. I don't think it's it's necessarily going to create a large new audience, but it, it should create a small one at least. Um I mean we again don't really follow final fantasy because it's it's not my kind of thing um how it there isn't much of a final fantasy presence on xbox really is there so if the ip holds weight do you think that might do a little bit of the heavy lifting uh, i don't like you say final fantasy has a strange history with xbox there was a little time where um phil spencer pushed really hard and you had pretty much the entirety of the series not the old older ones but everything available on the console was on game pass and there will be that will have got some traction with some people um but it's pretty well established as, as not so much an xbox franchise i suppose um gamsley yeah. gonna i'm gonna extend the question for you so same question do you think final fantasy 14 has a hope of finding an audience on the xbox but also by the same token do you think the various the, the four games that microsoft are pushing to other platforms are going to have similar difficulties. Are they going to find big audiences on the, the Switch and the PlayStation and all the rest of it? So tackle them one at a time. Final Fantasy and then Xbox's um, games elsewhere. Yeah, I think this is multi-layered. I think the more consistency we see with these things, the larger the audiences are going to be taught. Like, the larger audiences are going to come in. Like, they need to be taught that Final Fantasy's are always going to be a thing on the Xbox console before they actually get a hardcore player base going. Like, they need to be taught that, and Xbox needs to be very <laughs> vicious on it. They have to go after it, and and Square has to be open at this point. And we know uh, we're speaking, like, third-party stuff because, uh, listeners, if you don't know because you're on the rock, <laughs> Xbox is putting some of their games, like Asa said, on PlayStation. Um third parties want to be everywhere and that's very apparent nowadays and square if they want to grow themselves and not one platform that it's with because it's the community it's it's like the the value of all their games all the time being on that platform that even gives playstation a huge boost it's not about one game it's about every single game is going to drop on a playstation that's the selling point of a playstation to some people that like square or whatever so they need to release a steady pace of these games so that people don't look at the PlayStation being like, well, I'd rather have a PlayStation for Square Enix games because uh, Xbox doesn't even get, I don't know, uh, 18, but they'll get 19, you know? Like, that's not how you build a fan base. Um, so as... If this is like the start of the partnership and things start to... And, and the end, when they have... Um, 
Final Fantasy VII Remake and 16, when they have that on the console and everything's rolling and it's synonymous with Square Enix again, um, I don't think it'll move the needle. So that was a, a long reach around way to say I don't think it'll move the needle a lot, but it's a good start and I'm happy it's here and go play that game and support it because if you want multi-platform yeah. games on this ecosystem, go do it. I'm going to interrupt before you get onto those Xbox games. Just you mentioned the start of the partnership with Square Enix, which is a good point because um, they came out on stage when the new CEO took over at Square Enix and very quickly said, "We're going to start like, expanding our our partnership with Xbox, and we're going to be friends now." And um, Final Fantasy XIV is the first kind of fruit of that. How does that relationship peak for you? What what does Square Enix do that you really want to see on Xbox? Like I said, I, I just want consistency of releases on it. So I want to see their uh, Final Fantasy, I don't know, 18, 19, 20, <laughs> 21, 30, you know? Like, I want to see all of those on Xbox Day One, and I don't want to wait for it four years ago, uh, for four years. Like, I just don't, and most Xbox players don't, and that's why they don't buy it on Xbox, guys. Like, that's, that's like, surprise, Square Enix. We don't buy your games on Xbox because you don't you're not consistent with it, right? You don't have yeah. your player base there. It, they're all on PlayStation, and that's... I've got to say, I, I don't I don't really like the the culture of, of third-party money-hatting, and obviously we, we've seen yeah. PlayStation do quite a lot of that and get pulled up in, in court for it by, by yeah. Xbox when um, the ABK deal was all sort of being contemplated etc um but yeah i'm i'm with you on that gamsey even yeah. like again not a final fantasy fan didn't really wasn't really bothered by final fantasy on the on the ps1 back when that was out um and a lot of my friends loved it but it just it just didn't really do much for me but i i want to see final fantasy 7 um mm -hmm. remake and rebirth come to xbox for xbox players i think that's important like well, there even... will be xbox players who don't own a playstation anymore but did play final fantasy 7 back in the day and they want to play it now it, it sucks that that's just sort of held back from them and again like i yeah. have no investment in that because i don't care about the ip yeah. but it, it sucks and and it's funny because you know we we people out there in their little <laughs> bubbles you know thinking we're crying about it no no we're not i i buy all those games on playstation you know that's that's what i do it's not that mm. i don't play them or whatever or, or i'm jealous of playstation no th there's none of that that exists here um if square enix because i like square enix if square enix wants to grow on other platforms they got to be consistent on those platforms they can't it's just <laughs> they can't just like whoops we're gonna just put this here sometimes and then nah. let's, um, let's yeah. curl that onto the other bit though so yeah. they have to be consistent with xbox for xbox fans to be willing to buy their games is the same right. true of microsoft's titles or that they're pushing to other platforms are people gonna yeah be willing to buy them without without knowing if sea of thieves 2 is gonna land on that platform without knowing like, what kind of offering they're gonna get do people actually care who the publisher of a game is when they think about their buying decisions it's a good it's a good it's a good it's a good, it's question. A good question um see i i think that if in another universe xbox was <laughs> xbox was um their games were that that relevant to a certain amount of like to a certain fan base yes but right now like if we strip abk out of it right and we strip bethesda out of it which 
we're not going to do for much longer. Um, you know, they had Halo and Gears were oversaturated. Um, and quite frankly, that was when they were at their peak. That was when the the console was at you know its peak. If if they had those games and they put it every single th- like if they put Halo Master Chief Collection on PlayStation, um, I would think that PlayStation fans would buy it. Yeah, I do. Um, do I think that's smart for Xbox as a platform holder? No. Like it's very different companies. Like Square Enix and and like Microsoft, they're very different. It, if you have a platform, right? You have a store. You don't want to put and and say, yeah, we're full third party. Oh my god, this is going to go into a third party conversation. But we you you wouldn't want to do that if you're a platform holder. If you have a store in front of you that people do buy things from and and associate things with you, like you know, relevant IP like Bethesda games. For the longest time, a lot of people resonated with Xbox for Bethesda games. Am I wrong, right? It's PC and Xbox, usually. Like, you'd mm-hmm. go see Oblivion, you'd buy it on your Xbox if you had an Xbox. In the 360 era, it was much closer than it is now, and most people went Oblivion on Xbox, and it ran better on Xbox, and it was associated with rendering Xbox. rendering death, yes. Right? And they ran rendering of death. Um uh- so it's a tough question. I, I think if Sea of Thieves lands there, that's a live service game. Um, I think any live service game would kind of thrive, even if they don't expect, even if the PlayStation um, faithful don't really expect a sequel from it. Um, as for like Pentiment, I think Pentiment's a one-off anyway. I don't think they need to associate with anything. Um, when it comes to... Um, yeah, these, these are not like huge, like IP names, like Final Fantasy. If you want to grow, if Square wants to grow their prominent, like freaking franchises as big as they can, and they have the option as a person, as a, a, uh, an entity that isn't a platform with a store that they want to grow, um, they should take those big, big, big IPs that have big names and put them everywhere because that's how you get bigger, <laughs> you know? Like, mm-hmm. if, if Halo, if you strip Microsoft out of out of Xbox and you say Xbox is third party, and you, you yes, you want to put Halo fucking everywhere because that's how you grow Halo and Xbox. Yeah. If that helps with the question, I didn't know how to answer that, but yeah, um, you, you want your big franchises everywhere. Fair enough. Very Deadly Headly. The, the four that are going to PlayStation, two, two to Switch and four to PlayStation... Um, do you see them finding new audiences? Are they are they smart plays, good decisions in terms of the specific games, not the overall strategy? I but... hope so. I I hope so. I think it would be it. Uh, so what have we what have we got? We've we've got Sea of Thieves and um, Pentim- uh, Sorry, Sea of Thieves and Hi-Fi Rush are going to PlayStation. All four of Pentiment. them are going to PlayStation. All four of um, them are going to PlayStation, yeah. and then two of them are going to Pentiment and Grounded are going to Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think uh, grounded, especially, I think is a fantastic move um, for um, both Switch and, and PlayStation. Um, I think with it being quite, a, I know they said it's a community focused game, but I, 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 as far as I'm aware, it's, it's a four player game. Is that right? It's not. You have community it's not elements. Really... You could build, okay. You okay, could build fine. like certain things. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I, I think that. Um, 
obviously you sort of then also delve into the realms of um, user generated content to a certain degree as well um so i think yes it's it's a really positive thing that um those ips can find a new audience um you're right to ask whether or not um it will sort of draw more people into the platform i think from like a um i guess from the perspective of whether or not there will be a sequel for Sea of Thieves or a sequel for for Grounded. If those only launch on Xbox, what happens with those user bases? Is it going to be potent enough to make them put down uh, or, or reconsider the platform that they're currently on or consider investing into a new platform if they're that invested in the IP? Um, and I know that's something that... Um, I could see happening with, with Hi-Fi Rush if that ends up with some timed exclusivity. And again, Game Pass as a proposition is... We're, we're in quite an interesting space with when, when we talk about third party because the, the thing that I keep on wanting to drawing attention to is the fact that you don't need an Xbox console to play Xbox games. And that's the thing that sets it apart from Nintendo and from PlayStation. Um, the, again, like I said last week, I think they the onboarding for that needs to be a lot better because yes you can play on your phone you could play um on a browser um but ideally i think a a dedicated sort of streaming device or controller or stadia like setup would be a much easier sell to the average user and the casual who doesn't necessarily know a lot about the xbox ecosystem but when you go here is okay hypothetically let's say this kit costs i was going to say 60 quid but in this economy that's unrealistic isn't it it's going to be more like 90 to 100 110 um maybe that's an easy sell maybe it isn't it's probably a different discussion um good for pentiment as well i i think that's that's good because it, it didn't I don't know. I don't think it did particularly well on Xbox. I know it reviewed fairly well, but it didn't have mm -hmm. a huge amount of reviews. It wasn't. It wasn't one of those games that really had a huge amount of fanfare. Whereas, to be fair to Hi-Fi Rush, that had a lot of fanfare. That had a lot of hype and a lot of discussion. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's nice that that gets a second lease of life. Um, it almost sort of. I think we've basically had soft confirmation that Hi-Fi Rush will probably end up making its way to the new switch console however that manifests itself as because we've seen um data mines sort of hinting that hi-fi rush um t-shirts are uh, I, like a nintendo themed t-shirt or mm -hmm. something alluding to the to the nintendo platform but we obviously haven't seen hi-fi rush come to the current switch console which sort of kind of by process of elimination makes you go okay maybe it's not coming to this version of the Switch, but the next iteration of the Switch will be there. And I am glad that that's going to be the case or should be the case because I think it will do really well. Um, I'm also really glad for the fact that it's not coming to the current Switch because I think that would be a little bit of a slap in the face for Xbox gamers because you can't play it on Xbox One. You can only play it via cloud um, or on the, the Xbox series consoles or obviously PC or now PS5. So for it to come to an archaic piece of hardware and not the previous iteration of Microsoft's flagship console, I think that at least sort of tempers the expectations of some of the more rabid Xbox fan base, Hi to put it as Hi diplomatically as I can. Hi sorry to cut you. Hi-Fi Rush. No, no, you're good, mate. You're it's good. 
Hi Fi Rush is not coming to the current Switch? No. Okay, no. see you see it's 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 little decisions like that that I'm quite confused about because the way I look at it is getting like consistency of Xbox games. Like I said to Asa, mm -hmm. you have to have a consistency. So if you consistently feed other platforms these these smaller like titles and live server titles that are really solid and people love and have huge fanfare for mm. um it, it, the the larger your your visibility is going to be but hi-fi rush i would have thought was a shoe-in for the current switch because the i point agree is, with you i i think it's... i think you want to put that on 134 yeah. million eyes and especially like 20 million in japan specifically i japan, did want to see it on right? the current switch because i thought it, right? i think it would do really really well like as an ip as a title as a style of game mm -hmm. i think it would do massive numbers on the switch i know and, that's, um, and that's i think what I'm saying, power so. is probably the main issue because it's also not coming to mm -hmm. ps4 it's only coming to ps4 and again, yeah. there there isn't an Xbox One version of that. So I, I think it is one of those things where it's like, we're not going to start cross-genning the build for Hi-Fi Rush because it's just going to get quite messy. Oh, it's so it's so sad. Uh, then again, I guess it is I'm a little bit. It, it's gonna it's gonna blow up. Like Switch Two is probably instantly gonna be a hit, and maybe they launch with it, right? I was that gonna say be, it could be a launch title. That, that would, would be, be great. big. Yeah, that would yeah. be kind of fun to have because people yeah. it's gonna lack some games, and and Hi-Fi being on the top of the store list might really prompt a big boom of visibility. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. an illegal dad in the chat a has also bit of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Illegal Dad has also rightly pointed out in the chat that um, Sea of Thieves isn't coming to um, Switch as well, which again, mm. I would say probably a generational move, and and again, um, could well be something that we we see land on the on the Switch too. Fun times. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think it's good. Um, I, honestly, good good for those IPs. Um, I'm I'm personally very very comfortable with those IPs going multi platform. I don't think that they are necessarily like core pillars of the xbox brand whereas if you started seeing um and again like i still have mixed mixed feelings on this like if you put mcc on if you put halo the master chief collection on um ps4 and ps5 or just ps5 you do end up introducing that to an audience who has never played a halo game but simultaneously you also take your biggest flagship ip under the xbox banner and put it somewhere where it hasn't been before and i think that can get quite sort of I'll, confusing and messy for users before we put this to bed like i'll i'll put this on my sleeve i i think i think microsoft is going like i said on my post and we could put this to sleep after this i don't think we need to talk about more of it but i'm gonna wear that they give two call of duties and i said this in tweets Two Call of Duties, a chance to thrive on Game Pass, see if it moves the needle, right? They do these smaller titles, they trickle them out to other uh, consoles, blah, blah, blah. If they have to and they see a slow adoption, let's say they target 60 million Game Pass subs that they want, or maybe 30 million consoles at the same time that they want to have in the wild. If they hit those projections with the current strategy of, let's say, Call of Duties and Call of Duty marketing and Call of Duty and Game Pass because we've never had something so big on Game Pass. Never, ever, ever, right? Mm. Um, if that doesn't move the needle, then I think they do look at those core IPs. But 
I think they're gonna keep it close to the chest forever. Like, if, if it does push the needle, that's gonna be like opening the floodgates. That means mm -hmm. if the needle is being pushed, there's a lot of visibility out there. There's 60 million subs. It's growing. It's growing. Call of Duty is associated with you. Skyrim is. All these Bethesda games are. I don't think they, they, they look past the... I don't I don't think they look at the core IPs at that point. I think they look mm -hmm. at it and be like, uh I mean, this is working and people are buying and people are subbing and people are engaging with our core IPs and this is let's keep it and they never look at it again. But if they do have slow adoption and things get a little crazy and Call of Duty does nothing, like it does nothing, that's the only time I think they actually consider moving a flagship over there. That mm. means Indiana Jones, <clears throat> Bethesda games, all that stuff. Bethesda games go first because that's associated with third party long ago. So I think Bethesda goes first and they just case to case basis on it and be like, well, mm. I think we and have to put, let's say, an 80 year old, I don't know, Halo game in there. You know, and that's it. I, I, at my own risk, sort of bringing back some of the conversation that we had last week, it is worth bearing in mind that. Microsoft still haven't gone definitive on whether or not Indiana Jones and Starfield are coming. Uh, they were very careful to ask and answer the question, is sure? Starfield or Indiana Jones one of those four games? Yeah. Um, the Indeed. other thing that we've seen, they they didn't definitively say yeah, we they, won't they kind bring of, They definitively said that or, it's not on the agenda at the moment, but when they were asked afterwards if mm, that's going to be uh, the case forever, they wouldn't commit it forever, which I think is fair enough because you'd no, have to be stupid to make a forever commitment. Um, it's really difficult to do that. Um, and the other thing that Phil Spencer has said this week or, or something that I've, I've seen sort of circulate Twitter a little bit is um, so Microsoft haven't officially said whether or not Call of Duty will be added to Game Pass. The only yeah. real word that we've had from Phil Spencer is our intent is the full portfolio that's, of games from ZeniMax, that's Activision. FTC, and, and that's Pass. directly FTC language because in the FTC mm. case, didn't Sony kind of uh, bar them from putting a Call of Duty in Game Pass? I like, can't wasn't remember. wasn't one of the contracts Over that current, they yeah, did yeah. not... Yeah, for yeah. so long as the the I, Sony marketing contract is in place, they can't do it. Um, but that's so maybe yeah. that's, that's oh, that's gone. I want to just get the super chats. Cleo, mm -hmm. thank you so much for the the super chat. The hearts oh. didn't come through on the on the image, but much appreciated anyway. And Pete, thank you for gifting that membership as well. Um, on Hi-Fi Rush. Oh, the memberships, by the way. If you do get a membership, the Discord is really freaking cool and you should make sure you join it. Um, good things are going on there all the time. Shout Hi out to Rush. my girlfriend as well, because that, that that was Cleo. So shout that out to Cleo. Nice to meet you, Cleo. <laughs> it's too bad I'm sorry a message. that Gantley <laughs> has been misbehaving. Um, tell him he did well what? afterwards, despite it not being true and Protato sucks. So He's definitely right about Protato completely ignoring it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm sure she can form her own opinions on bad games. Right. Hi-Fi Rush. One of the things that they've announced recently is um, is they're outsourcing the the physical edition of the game to limited run games, and that ties into some stuff that Phil Spencer said in his interview. I can't remember who he did this interview with actually, which is very unprofessional of me. But hey, I'm not a professional, so it's fine. Um, physical games. It's not Microsoft's intention specifically or part of their strategy to move Xbox away from it. They're just going to follow what people do. Um, it's not particularly part of their strategy to, to retain physical games or to move away from them, but they're just going to follow where the crowd goes, which is interesting because it was a mere two weeks ago that a lot of the Xbox fan base was shitting themselves because they thought their whole digital library was going to disappear. 
What do you make of this? What's Xbox's stance on physical media? Should they be committing harder? Are you relaxed about it? Do you embrace an all-digital future? Gamsley. Um, as I'm getting older, it's a weird thing. As I'm getting older, I'm kind of going backwards. Three years ago, if you asked me the same question, I'd be like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a crap about this. <laughs> digital is fine. I'm already digital. I, PC gamers are digital forever now and all that good stuff. Uh, I wouldn't care. But I've been like diving back into physical like games, retro like retro games and stuff like that. And um, I, I can't help but feel like a nostalgia and kind of a, a feeling like, oh, oh, damn, like, like, I'm holding in my hands something that will kind of never perish as long as there's like, you know, batteries in it. Um, that <laughs> shout out to the Nintendo, like the cartridges that have batteries for your saves and stuff. Um, so like I, I have this thing that I could always like pass down and it's mine and I could really, you know, I could use it whenever I want as long as I have the system as well. There's something about having that thing in my face and it's real um, and I'm starting to appreciate it way more. Um, I will embrace the digital future. I already have, but I'm still daily skeptic. Like I'm a skeptic now. I'm like, as I'm getting older, I'm getting more skeptical because I'm seeing so much disappear from these digital libraries. And like, I'm seeing so many licenses disappear and then, uh, you know, vanish in thin air. And I'm, I'm getting kind of uh, scared about it. Um, the most recent, thing was oh my god ah no i'm not even gonna try to recall there was a niche game that i really enjoyed um and it just left steam and i can't find it anymore <laughs> and i was like oh well you know that's a shame and and it's just gone forever and um that stuff gives me hesitation on it so xbox uh if you ever listen to this which you probably won't <laughs> please please uh, you know, try to preserve. I know you say you care about preservation and you're doing this backwards compatibility and Windows is the most backward compatible thing ever and all that stuff. I know you say that, but um, do more and try to keep physical alive as much as possible. That's what I gotta say. What I've done here is I've skillfully brought this back to our central topic for the show in that um, the last physical game that I brought was Rise, Son of Rome. Um, Smooth. Well done. Smooth. Says he's not a professional, but that segue says very different. <laughs> but I'm not a segue in anywhere. I'm just carrying it on. Um, Rise Sun of Rome was the last physical game that I bought because I had a terrible internet connection. So when I bought the Xbox One, like Rise had already reviewed. I knew that it wasn't a game I was going to go back to many times, but I wanted something to play when I got that thing home rather than a two-day download. So that's the last physical game that I bought. Uh, but I'm like you, Gamsley. I still have, I can see right now, like a PlayStation 1 and a Sega Saturn and the physical games that came with them. Nice. I don't think we can ever get back to that time because it's just not the way that games are delivered anymore in general. Um, but my thing with Microsoft and with digital games and taking away drives and all the rest of it, I don't ever like to see them take things away that we currently have if they're not giving us something worthwhile in return. So if you give me like it's tied into the always online conversation if you want to require me to have a digital version if you want to require me to be connected to your servers they need to be doing something for me to make that worthwhile otherwise um, i'm going to be in a strop about my discs even though i have no intention of buying them just just don't take away my options for no reason um 
But there are good reasons because disk drives are getting more expensive now that consoles are pretty much the only thing still using them. So uh, the the idea that the the components to make these things work are, are dirt cheap like they used to be, they're not really anymore. They're actually pretty niche now, so they're getting more expensive rather than less. Um, and obviously, it's in, like as far as Microsoft and any other publisher are concerned, when someone buys something digitally, they get more of the money than if they go through retail. So the reasons to get rid of a drive are fairly clear and present, but I'd still rather see physical. Deadly Headley, what was when was the last time you touched a disc? That could have gone very, very wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so the last time I bought a physical game was Dying Light Two. And I remember I I the reason why I did that was because I had seen quite a lot of um I think quite a lot of performance issues with it and I just thought I I quite liked Dying Light One. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna pick up Dying Light Two and if it really is that bad, I can I can trade it in or I can sell it. But broadly I'm I'm very, very okay with having a digital library. I I really like having the amount of content that we do in this day and age on demand at our fingers at our fingertips whenever we want it um and i think having a a digital library generally is quite a, a good experience in 2024 um but i completely understand and respect the attachment and need for physical preservation because i, I do think that game preservation is important um it's just sort of not really important enough for me to worry about it with the current game library that I have because I I know that my game library exists in an ecosystem that I like being in. Um, and I think as long as I will in continue to enjoy video games, I don't plan on leaving those ecosystems because they move up with me. So as things um, develop and, and get more kind of lenient on um let's say cloud technology for example in the future um i i don't know i i kind of just i'm okay with my library being with me wherever i am and that's the the nature of having a digital library i'm also not a huge fan of clutter and i'm really bad with managing clutter like it, it, i think a digit a physical library um would kind of stress me out here because i've got to find somewhere to put it all um but yeah, you're right. You know, when we talk about old old games and old hardware and, and things like that, obviously it's it's good that we still have those experiences and they're they're not going away. Um and I think I've sort of I've parted ways with some of my collection that I think, you know, looking back, sort of wish that I didn't, but it, it is what it is, and I'm not really losing a lot of sleep over it. So it's okay. Mm -hmm. Um I think the other thing to consider is the convenience of like I said, be or like I was trying to say, being able to to access your library quite conveniently so prime example um yesterday i was out and i had a little bit of time to kill so i thought i would try uh remote playing on my xbox with touch controls which is now something that you can do and i jumped in and played boulders gate if let's say the boulders gate disc wasn't in my xbox i would have to ask somebody to put that into my console to be able to access that content in 2024 that's bullshit like I'm not about that. That just seems like a bit of a hassle for me. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to just access my content when I want to access it because I'm impatient. Um, and I think I know this was a real hot button to uh, topic, and a lot of people sort of 
didn't like that this was the kind of vision that Xbox had initially proposed back in the Xbox One generation when that was first launched and there were conversations about DRM and game ownership and not being able to sell games and stuff. And obviously we saw some of the, um, like the, the now infamous um, sort of marketing sting that PlayStation did with this is how you you share games on PlayStation, et cetera. Um, I think clearly did some some brands damage to Xbox at the time. I was always on board with that vision because I liked having a digital library and ecosystem back then. I, I was fine with it, but I completely respect and still respect those who aren't okay with it. Um, the only other thing that I would say is I personally don't ever want to see a disk drive leave a console because the one piece of physical media that I do really like is 4K Blu-ray. Um, and I want to be able to continue accessing that regardless of what piece of hardware I've got. So I do hope that we actually get another generation of consoles with disk drives because that actually does matter to me as a consumer of high quality media versus um, a much lower bit rate on something like Netflix or Amazon or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, that that's the thing that matters to me more so than game preservation, to be honest. Fair enough. I'm the same with... Um... Like the, the original Xbox One vision that was maligned and hated. I sit here and I argue in favour of physical as a need, as an option, but I fully embraced digital a long time ago. I find playing digitally, even without um, your scenario where you're away from the console playing remotely, even with the console being like a metre away, if it requires changing discs, I'm far less likely to, to play a different game. And I, I'm not as horrendously lazy as that makes me sound. I'm, I'm generally fairly active, but when a game is accessible at the touch of a button, I'm just more likely to switch over to it, which is why Quick Resume is so effective on the Series X. Like, I've got all these things that are just there, ready to go, bang, 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 and I just play them in that scenario. If I had to swap... Yeah, and you would effectively never finish anything. Well, it, it has its downsides, but um, I chose <laughs> not to finish Brotato because it sucks. Um, I, I finished some things, shut up. Anyway, I think the one thing that I really would like to see change in the industry is the the disparity in pricing between physical and digital. And again, illegal that will change that, but it will be physical will go up. It won't change in our favor. Just mm. just be, be aware of that when you ask for it, because I I still agree. Mm. Despite that being the case, prices need to be decoupled. Our our digital games, and this is um, it like the impact of decoupling them would be huge because digital games at the moment are almost held hostage by a price point. Because it's set very, very early in development, we have to we have to distribute this physically. Therefore, right, we've got a certain amount of cost associated with each copy. This needs to be a game that's worth seventy dollars, and they build up to it rather than scoping out a game they want to make, making it as good as they can, and kind of pricing it according to what it is. So the decoupling of prices from physical is really, really important. At the same time, I fully expect that that will be like we won't get better prices as a result of it. Physical games will get more expensive, more so than are suddenly realizing the benefits of the discount because that's just the way that it goes. Um, speaking of though, we had a little conversation about multi-platform games and Xbox's games on other platforms. They have obviously acquired a bunch of games that are already on other platforms, one of those being Diablo 4. There's a couple of things going on with Diablo 4 this week. Um, one of them is obviously the announcement that it's coming to Game Pass. And the other one is um, general user sentiment on it, which seems to have it got a fairly positive reception when it launched. Not from me, but from a lot of people. Um, sentiment seems to have largely dropped off, but there's been a lot of complaints and outcry about some of its microtransactions. 
you can spend $65, which is it's enough to buy most games, more or less, if you shop around. Or you can buy a bit of fancy armor for one of your Diablo horses. So people are quite reasonably perturbed by that and seeing that and thinking, wow, this company's not treating us with much respect. Um, Diablo 4, though, because I like talking about games more than I like talking about prices. What do you think of it, Gamsley? Is is the sixty five dollars for the horse or like you alone get a bunch of the armor premium currency with it? Yeah, you get okay. the gold. Okay, so it's a it's a bundle. Uh, a lot of games do that. Uh, the the a horse armor is probably worth twenty of that. Even that even that's egregious. It's all egregious. I don't like it. Um. Okay. Uh. I will buy it next. Uh. Diablo horse 4. armor. Is it a good game? <laughs> I'm going to buy all of it, baby. I'm the problem. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Actually, the horse armor. <laughs> like, I'm Gaz has always not. been notoriously a problem with microtransactions, but a horse uh, armor. Oh, man. I've already I've already spent a lot on that game. Let's not let's not bring that up. Have you He's already like got a horse lost. armor? Are you going to get... No, so no, no. Like I just said at the start of the show, he is looking for new co-hosts. And... <laughs> <laughs> Have you have you already got a horse armor? Did you get one of the previous $65 horse armors? Are you going to get another horse armor knowing full well that you can't have two horses at once? Oh, Gansley. I'm sorry, everybody. This is almost as bad as the um, as week one and two's Game Pass recommendations. I apologize. <laughs> For this guy, <laughs> no, I, did not. I actually, I actually, that, that was a bit. I didn't actually buy the sixty-five dollar one. I bought horse armors, <laughs> just not not the sixty-five dollar bundle. I didn't buy a sixty-five dollar bundle. I think I bought um one of the uh earlier horse armors that was very, uh, I think, like a quarter of the price. So, um, mm -hmm. it's still bad, but yeah, I haven't bought more uh, horse armor after that. Uh, Diablo Four, um. I really did see that's the struggle with every Diablo um, since two is that we always like this. The fans get this FOMO and get this hype, right? They're like, oh, my God, kind of like Helldivers 2 right now. Uh, they're like, oh, my God, this is like the best thing ever because I haven't played one in like 900 years. And, and they expect for it to be better than you know, the last generation or the, the second game title and they think they're going to steer the ship right this time and all of those sentiments um, really do help with the launch of the game in the early times. Like, when that game dropped, I was all for it. Like, I was with my brother, I was with my cousin. I, we have nostalgia for this game. We, we were heavy Diablo lovers and we love the story, we love grinding. Um... I, too, thought it was one of the best things ever. And then when I beat the story and it came down to the meat itself, so when it came down to the purpose and the reason of grinding armor and the purpose of getting, like, stat crunching and all that stuff, it, it just it just fell flat. It's just not as deep as it used to be, so it's never going to be as good. It's just not as deep. It, there's no real good reason to do any of it. The grind's boring. It's just, you can't even, guys, you can't even trade effectively. You know what I mean? Even their community, like how you trade these items and how you, how the, the drop rates and specific character drops and all that stuff. Like it's not, it's not the same anymore. It's 
Like why, why, uh, for instance, the economy in Diablo two, you know, the hook was like when, when characters, when demons died and you're trying to look for a specific thing, everybody had access to the same drop. <laughs> So people were fighting over drops, right? They, if you're lucky enough, you get the thing you want, but then like you, you trade it, and it made the thing, it made trading so effective and fun, even though frustrating at times. But it's effective because you want the thing that guy just got, and you'll do anything to go get it, and it, it gave purpose, right? And the thing that you're trying to get gave your character a lot of purpose and 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 a significant bump, um to to your stat um yeah there was just so much more reasons to play the other games and right now they haven't nailed it like they nailed the story they nailed the feel they nailed mostly everything about that game but the fucking it just at the end of the day it's just not what it used to be and uh yeah uh end game if i had to rate it end game is like a freaking 6.5 to 7.5 and uh, the story is still up there for me but uh yeah it's a passable game and i don't like saying that about diablo since we only get to play it nine you know one time out of <laughs> 10 years that's the first trailer that i played then was specifically for the battle pass and cosmetics that are coming in the in the season that's coming up which is gross um nonetheless it kind of will feel like a free-to-play game when it lands on Game Pass. Does that mitigate the microtransactions at all? I hope not, because I don't want it to excuse them going forwards. But Deadly Headly, Diablo 4 is a game. Played it? Enjoy it? Missed the rolling from Diablo 3? Um, so I, I think I said last week, I, I only played I only played Diablo 3 the once on Couch Co-op with a mate, but I, I remember really, really liking it. Um, so I can't say that I had necessarily perform, um, formed like a, a huge attachment to the rolling mechanic. However, not having a rolling mechanic in Diablo 4 does really annoy me. So yeah, it sort of kind of threw the looking glass on that one. I did like Diablo 4 a lot. Um, I would agree with Gamsley in that the the end game sort of kind of just leaves it all a bit wanting. Um, I am excited about it getting hopefully a second lease of life, um, in, which feels a bit harsh, doesn't it? Because it didn't come out that long ago, and we're already talking about it having a second lease of life. But you know, it's, it's more Diablo Man, Force it problem. Needs it. it needs um, it, right? It does. It does need it. I I think. Um, I think it will be positive as like being able to get a, a larger community on there. Certainly, um, encouraging more players to get in without the um, obviously the the entry uh, the the barrier for entry in terms of the upfront cost. Um, I actually ended up getting the the ultimate edition and playing a few days earlier. I was I was really excited for it and I I did really enjoy it. I I liked Diablo for a lot. Um, I don't like the monetization that we see in it um, and don't have any intention on spending money in it. And I think that when prices are that high and the game currently is had, doesn't have any sort of low barrier of entry or free-to-play option or it's not in Game Pass yet, so we can't use that as a reason to make it cheaper to get someone in. Every, every user on that game has paid actual money for it, and yet the store prices are that high. I think that's a bit gross. I'm not, I'm not keen on that. I don't like it. Um, it's their prerogative. They can do what the fuck they want, but it, I, I'm not going to support it. Do you think, generally though, with that in mind, do you think Game Pass does justify these kind of gross costs and things, Diablo aside? No. No, I don't think it does. 
I hope that it doesn't. I don't want that to be like intrinsic to a Microsoft game is that mm. it's on Game Pass, therefore we can charge you $65 for Horse Armor, which isn't the case here. This is definitely an Activision Blizzard King decision from before. I was going to say, yeah, I, I wanted to get your get your thoughts on that. Like how how much earnest do we put on Microsoft for that pricing when really they've they've not really had anything to do with Diablo until... Uh, you know, on, on paper, nice. it's there. It's the moment it went through, they stepped in and fixed some of the the more egregious stuff around monetization. It's not that a realistic expectation great. for anything to change that quickly, but it's like one of the best like positive outcomes from the acquisition is that they could improve that stuff. So you'd hope, but time will tell. Um, 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 I had something and it's just evacuated my brain. So. Ah, we're going to move on. On the Diablo. Cool. Well, yeah, last thing on Diablo. It's um I I think that Blizzard Activision Blizzard has been moving towards more user-friendly kind of feelings, right? They they want to be inviting with their games. They want to be make it easier, uh, less appeased to the the hardcore fan base, right? And I think that that will work in Di- Diablo's favor. So people that don't know what a Diablo 2 is or a 3 or whatever, they won't have the same complaints as us, right? We're we're like the mm-hmm. hardcore Diablo fans that, you know, jumped from 3 and got 4 and FOMO hit. We we probably knew, actually I knew that it was going to hit Game Pass um, eventually because they got bought um, and I believe their promise. Um, even with that, FOMO got me. I needed to play this game because it is so relevant to me and a lot of players out there and Activision fans out there but like the average consumer those those people that don't play Diablo and haven't gone into it but always hear about it and blah 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 they see that in Game Pass and they pick it up I think you know that will like it will have a nice big boom for those people like I think having Diablo in Game Pass for PC and Xbox whatever will entice those people that's always seen it never understood it and that's where the mission of activision blizzard's gonna hit right is that it'll probably hook these people like they'll mm-hmm. get in and be like yo this is this is addicting the story's really enthralling it's really fun it's engaging um they won't know what the past was so um in that sense i think diablo if it could if one game could really explode overnight in game pass this is one of those ip that i think will be successful Definitely could be. It's also. I actually um, miss it. I would like to pick it up again. I, I, I intend to. It's also coinciding with season three and all of its like PC ray tracing update and all that kind of stuff. So there's there's good reason to dive back in when it does come. But it's also the first um, of the ABK games to drop into Game Pass, <clears throat> which is significant because obviously there's the the strategic thinking that goes into it, where um, they want to time their releases and all the rest of it. But they're they're also. Like technical challenges around it, particularly on the PC side of things, where this game that has previously thrived and existed on on the Battle.net launcher on Blizzard's own store is now available to to license up and make available through through Game Pass. So once this first game is out and launched and smooth, there is no real restriction stopping them from bringing other games into the service. So hopefully, it will mark the start of a nice cadence of like here's your previous Call of Duties and things like that can actually start landing on console and PC um, is a plus side of it. Let's talk about 
Resident Evil 2. Uh, I'm doing this because what we're doing is we're going to head towards the end of the show and our outros and community questions and all of the things that we've got. But each week, Gamsley recommends some terrible, 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 terrible games. But last week he slipped up. He slipped up and accidentally picked a good one. Resident Evil 2 Remake. Uh, Gamsley, I don't want to talk about Resident Evil 2 Remake. I've said enough there. It's a really good game. If anyone hasn't picked that up on Game Pass and burst through it, you should do. It is very, very good. What is this week's Game Pass recommendation? Well, uh, I was going to say Tales of Arise um, because... It's probably one, it's a very prominent series. It's a very big series for the rest of the world. <laughs> so I was going to recommend this, um, but I hit a little speed bump in it where I, I don't, I'm not really enjoying it. I'm about, I'm third boss in, um, but it, it's getting way too much for me and I can't really put my finger on it. So I'm not quite going to recommend it. Instead, what I will recommend is, um, Bluey. You know Bluey? <laughs> no, I'm not. Nice. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. Um, my recommendation is Tales of Arise. Uh, Go play Tales of Arise. We need <laughs> we need we need we need Tales to be a little bigger in the West. I think Tale is uh, Tales is a really good series. It's really fun. The art in that game is freaking awesome. Have you played this game, Asa? I mean, I, I paid money for it. I've had it installed on my Series X since oh. it came out, and I haven't started it yet. You you should... They do talk... JRPGs will do what JRPGs do. It It's a lot of talk. I love JRPGs, uh, In the yeah. beginning. Uh, it's a lot of talk in the beginning. The map is a little strange to navigate, but when you get the hang of it, it's one of the best maps that I, I enjoy in these games, which is very weird, because it is a weird map system um the grind is really fun the combat is a great blend it's very um it's very final fantasy 7 remake ish um with traditional combat mixed in there and it's just it's just it's just great the art style is great they have a lot of characters it's very adult uh with its themes um go check it out it's very likable uh and if you don't like that Go fuck yourself. And you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, you've already described right, more next. things happening than in the entirety of Brotato by a long shot. And you're only on the no, third boss. So I'm going to take okay. your recommendation. I'm going to try and play that. It is obviously not a short game. So I don't know how much feedback I'll be able to give you on that next week being take, a full on take, RPG. Take, but it mm. sticks. It, it's really long in the tooth, um, but stick with it. And um, when you get your full party member, like your full party, it's just it's crazy. It really is fun. Crazy fun. It's been um, a pretty strong month for Game Pass. You've got Warhammer Bolt Gun and Dead Island 2 dropped today as well. Deadly Headley, have you got any choices, any picks for, for the people this week? Well, my first one shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody is Brotato because I'm an advocate for that game now. <laughs> right. It's great. See you next week, everyone. Play Brotato. We're done. <laughs> no, we're not. Everybody, good night. Um, Put it I, down. Okay, uh, yeah, I, I, if you haven't, if you haven't played Brotato, I would. <laughs> I love that game. So it's so funny. Um, I again, audio listeners, definitely 
definitely check out Gamsley's potato. He's done a fantastic job there. That's that's really really funny. Um, yeah, I, no, I, I I would recommend checking out Brotato if you liked um, Vampire Survivors. Just just it's it's like it's like a five hundred meg download. Like it's a really small packaged, easy to pick up, simple to play. Like. It, once you once you're actually in the main gameplay loop, you're only using the left analog stick. It's just I don't know. It's just easy, mindless, pretty chill fun. So yeah, no, I would go no, and you check got that JJ out. to download um, it right now. You bastards, <laughs> bastards. Um, and the I haven't played it yet, but this game has been on my wish list uh, since it came out, and I was waiting for a decent sale. I'm very very happy that Dead Island Two made its way to Game Pass today. Um, I'm really, really pleased about that because it was it was a game that again I I've been waiting for it to I was waiting for it to hit like the 25 quid mark because again I have so many things on my backlog right now that I don't yeah. I don't really need to buy any any new Stop games because I I still <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't played that this week but like uh, take um, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty for example I bought the expansion started it uh, ended up uh actually no it, all of it got railroaded by boulders gate boulders gate has taken up most yeah. of my gaming time and i'm not even sorry because i fucking love that game so much Great. i i'm obsessed with it i really really am um but yeah i you know i still need to get back to phantom liberty uh yeah phantom liberty um and finish that expansion um because i i really liked um I, I really like Cyberpunk 2077. Uh but yeah, I'm I'm very, very excited about Dead Island too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cautiously recommend that for this week's Game Pass, but really that's probably more next week's next week's recommendation when I can actually get into it and and talk about it. Um but yeah, I'm I'm hyped. So go play that and definitely play play Brotato because um Gamsley is right and Acer is incorrect. Stop rubbing it in. <laughs> ah the, the whole industry is imploding around us because you're wasting your time on Brotato instead of buying the good games. Um <laughs> you don't even have to buy it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so that what we're going to do is we're going to get some of these community <laughs> questions and we'll run quite well on the series S because nothing happens um, yeah. it's not too late there is a Q&A box on YouTube I don't know how many questions we've got in there I can't promise we're going to get all of them but we're going to have some highlights presented we're going to grab the best of the questions and go through those now before we wrap up the first question is from Alex S did you answer my question I said we were going to do the freaking best ones if that is one of them we'd... I blame Brotato I'm Abdul sorry, hold on. Right, as a before host. you move on, I'm sorry, my friend. Uh, before Game. you move on to the next question, um, there's a good, there's a good recommend. Alex, you, Banishers is amazing. Okay, v Vampire sucks. Go play Banishers. That's another recommendation. Not on Game Pass, but very fun, very good. Anyway, next. Good. I really want to play that as well, but I'm I'm on Vampire at the moment, which I actually think is very good so far. So Abdul has asked, what games are you most excited for? At Xbox E3 Showcase 2024, yours are the perfect dark gameplay debut, Gears of War 1 to 3 remakes, and the Black Ops Gulf War Game Pass trailer. Ignoring the fact that E3 is obviously dead and gone, we know that Microsoft have a summer showcase in June. Anything in particular that you are hoping to see there, Debbie Headley? Fable gameplay. I, Fable is my... My game from Xbox Studios to watch at the moment, I've got a lot of respect for Playground games, and I'm really excited to see what they can do with Fable. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that we get a proper 
um, like full on sort of gameplay deep dive. I don't think we will. I I think it might be a little bit further out than that, but I I don't know. I honestly don't know because it we we've not even had like a whisper of a date for Fable yet, have we? Did we get anything last year? I know no. we saw some good no. stuff, but it didn't have a year attached to it or anything like that. So we still don't know where that's where that's at. Um, I I hope that we see some shattered space. DLC mm-hmm. for Starfield that would be nice um uh and maybe an update on the um the mod the mod situation for console and for um creation club content for Starfield as well that would be quite nice um and i think it, it dropping information like that uh, um like an E3 RIP but E3 level event um for the Xbox Summer Showcase i, I think we'd um would be really positive for it um i i'm with you abdel on uh, on wanting to see some perfect dark i i don't think we'll see it this year um we probably won't see gameplay this year but we might get like a first look similar to the kind of treatment that we got with fable uh last year but i'm i'm not sure that's they, they've gone very very quiet haven't they but i'm i'm definitely interested to see mm-hmm. where it might go um anything halo related I'm always going to get excited about, but again, not really holding out much hope for that. Um, mm-hmm. What about you, Gamsley? What? Uh, where are you at? Ooh. Oh, man. Um, we're obviously going to... We're obviously going to see the next Call of Duty on that stage. Um, that's for sure. That's like a shoe-in. Uh, I'm going to go out on limb and I'm going to bungee jump for <laughs> Gears of War remi- uh, remakes or remasters. Uh, I think that's like overdue. I think they could do that. I They do have such good backwards compatibility that I still think it's kind of a little bit useless for like a remaster, but like a remake would be crazy cool uh, for the first one. Um so yeah, that I don't think we see Perfect Dark at all. I think that's in a little bit more trouble than we think. Maybe we don't see that. Uh, Fable's got to be there with gameplay. I think we see Fable gameplay. That's that's a also a thing that I think closes the show. Um. Mm. Oh my god. Uh, they did. They did say they had ten games coming. Eh. So mm-hmm. my goodness. Um. What could those be? Uh, I I'm gonna guess about four or five of them have to be new new IP in some sense. Maybe we see the reboot of that ever. What what was it called? Everwild. Yes. Everwild was my, my yeah. pick yeah, for maybe. it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, crazy. Everwild. Um, Gear Six. Clockwork <laughs> Revolution. Fable. Yeah. That would be a good show for me. Obviously, Microsoft got so cool. many. Nice yeah. Uh, they've got so yeah, many studios so that they, they can't have a bad show in june can they it's gonna be mm-hmm. something to look forward to it's gonna be awesome i do fully expect gear doing... 6 to knock up knock our socks off and i hope that everwild is there to reveal what it actually is and kind of give that a little bit of gameplay diversity something very different you think they're gonna do gear 6 they're absolutely gonna do gear 6 yeah okay we're due gears content we've been overdue gears content for a little while uh, that's a good point illegal dad contraband I would, I would very much like to see what's up with contraband. That, that I think that could be there. Yeah. I think there's a pretty, yeah, a pretty good chance we'll see that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Indeed. Let's have the next question, please. Elder Scrolls Six. No, yeah, not for Elder a while. Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah. 
not yet. I, 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 I right. Would be baffled if they did. Episode Imagine. thirteen is asked on our on our Discord. Do Xbox stop at four games for the foreseeable future for a few years, or perhaps do the floodgates open in the next year or twenty twenty? Well, in twenty twenty four. So um, obviously they don't stop at four. Uh, numbers go up as soon as they release anything so it's inevitable that the number is going to grow at some point but what kind of pacing are we expecting are they going to have more games coming to other platforms this year i i don't think it's going to be floodgates as you put it episode 13 i think we'll find ourselves somewhere in the middle um the, it very much feels like xbox is testing the water at the moment but i think they're expecting positive results um I am still in the camp of not willing to rule out Indiana Jones and Starfield going to other platforms at some point. Um, I think, again, it's also worth noting that like, at one point PC was considered a different platform to Xbox and now they are sort of much of a muchness in certain ways. Um, I think that we will accustomize, uh, we will sort of acclimatize to some of the industry changes and, and attitudes that we're seeing from um, uh, publishers on on both sides of the fence, because again, we we've seen similar conversation from PlayStation this week in that they have they've clocked how well Helldivers has done on uh, PC, even with the server issues that it's having now. People want to play it. People are excited about it. It's had some virality to it as well. Um, yeah, we, we're definitely going to see more of this. Um, how long it takes for that to really start coming through, I think time will tell. Um, but yeah, be prepared for it to keep happening. But I don't think it's going to be a big floodgate thing. And I do take Phil Spencer at his, uh, his word when he said, um, you know, fans on PlayStation, if you're expecting us to automatically just start putting all of our content there, it's not happening. It's going to be a case-by-case -case basis. It will be... It's it's got to be decision making done at Microsoft and Xbox's top level, um, and they will consider those titles carefully. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely yeah. expect more. Yeah. Anything else, Kenzie? I'm also going to. Yeah, yeah. I'm just you know, floodgates are not going to open four for this year. Um, and that's it. Solid four. That's it. And you know, maybe in the future. Yeah, I mean, we're early in the year, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's something else a bit towards the tail end of it, um, just for the sake of, you know, keeping the money coming in. But no, no floodgates for me either. Um, TJI has asked, xCloud accounts for 10% or more of Xbox's total playtime. Do you see them reinvesting more in the cloud? And do you see this number increasing significantly in the future? That's a really good question, um, TJI. Um, that's cool. That's a cool question. I, can I... I'm going to go. I'm already going. Yeah. Uh, you can't stop me, baby. Uh, so, oh, I can. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't mute me. No. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, cloud is going to be stronger and stronger in uh, a lot of places year over year. I mean, 5G's crazy. We got crazier internet speeds in the US, Canada, Japan, you know, across multiple countries. Um, as that stuff, it, it's playable right now. I mean, I give it five years, servers are going to be everywhere. Um, 
in 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 places that gaming is running well um and there are gamers um yeah within five year i think five years i think cloud is gonna explode heavily i wouldn't i would probably guess 20 percent at some point um of xbox players are gonna be in the cloud if i had to guess Deadly mm. idea. Do you see it's cloud the future, guys at some point growing and do you see it growing previously on the cloud thing microsoft said um they had found that most of the people that were engaging with their with their cloud offering were actually just console gamers that were using it to try things rather than the new audience that they were hoping to reach do you think that's going to change over time or is it going to stay I, I hope that it does i mean microsoft has has clearly placed quite a lot of importance on it and we saw again a lot of that with um like the ftc trial um when pushing the the activision blizzard king deal through um Cloud is clearly on Microsoft's radar and is important to them. They clearly put a lot of investment in that upfront in um, because a lot of the Xbox Series X hardware um, shortly after the, the console launched was being redirected to support X Cloud offering, which in hindsight I don't think was a smart move because you're just sort of depriving a potential user base of the hardware that they need to get into your ecosystem and start enjoying it and start playing it. So I don't think that was a smart move, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a trillion dollar company. So what do I know? Um, I, I definitely want to see that number increase. And I do think that cloud is a really important space to try and bring casuals into, because like I've said before, it's really difficult to get a casual who has already bought a PlayStation five to justify spending the same amount of money um, or even two-thirds of that if you look at the Xbox Series S to play a bunch of Xbox games that they can't currently play on PlayStation. Again, hardcores, everybody in this chat, everybody listening to this after the fact, or at least most of you and everybody here on this panel plays on multiple platforms because we just love video games. But I think cloud offering is really important to Microsoft and I want to see them grow it. Um, and I want to see them bring hardware into the home that makes that easier um i think i would re i would be really interested to know how many people who have bought a new samsung tv and aren't subscribed or weren't previously subscribed to either xbox game pass or had any interest in xbox i'd love to know how much of a new audience they've managed to capture there um, because I think it would give a really powerful insight into how they might bring new users into the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, adoption adoption will be slow. Um, yes, it will be. It's slow right now because you know not enough people have you know the effective circumstances. It's a um, lack of awareness. I yeah. I so shout out to Xbox Era because they had a really interesting discussion about this. And again, my ears pricked up because I work in marketing, I work in branding, so I get really nerdy about this kind of shit. Um they were talking about or special Nick was talking about how um like when someone is walking down down a street and they see a game pass ad, they have five seconds at very, very most to absorb all of the information on the advert and to position, and again, this is coming from someone who works in branding and marketing, to position, here is what Xbox Game Pass is and here is what Xbox Cloud services do and here are the games that you can access. 
it, it's so difficult to distill that into a message that is really simple to understand when you have no contextual awareness of what Xbox as a platform is. And I think until they've managed to square that circle, they're always going to struggle to grow their cloud offering. Mm -hmm. It's also, yeah, I think, um, the content question as well. So most people that are interested in Halo and Gears of War and games like that probably have found a way to play them. I know that's not true of everybody, but I think if it's going to explode to a more significant number, they need like an Animal Crossing or a, a mobile game that sits on that service that gets people to fire up their TV and jump into it. The people that you can wave Halo in front of and say you can play this now for free and they're going to go, whoa, buttons are complicated for me. I don't really want to have a controller with, with that many face buttons. It's big and scary, but um, there's a big audience for them waiting if they do diversify the content and find a way to show it to people. We'll see how long it takes, though. Um, TJI, that's mm. the question we just had. Let's have the next one, please. We'll do one more. One more question, then we'll wrap it up. What? Pete has asked, if Microsoft become dominant with games, would they suddenly try to shaft us with prices like the aborted gold price hike? Well, I mean, of course they will. Mm. Who's got a different take? <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm there with you. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think uh, corporation is going to cooperate on this one. They'll always try on. That they can. This is on. like the biggest yeah. defense we have against it is they are still, no matter how dominant they get, even if it was only Microsoft, they're still beholden to supply and demand. And there is only so much that people will actually pay. So um, they will get to a point where um, I'm not saying this is going to happen because they have got competition and competition is not going anywhere. But any corporation in a big monopoly is going to squeeze as much money out of out of everybody as they can. You even had there was um, some of the emails that slipped out. Uh, I can't remember. I don't think she's at Xbox anymore, which might be a good thing. But there was a conversation between Phil Spencer and um, it was Amy something from finance. And they were talking about whether they should um, go in cheap on something to do with Game Pass. And she specifically used the words, yeah, we should be on the side of the consumer at the moment because we're not out of the woods yet and reading that was like wow massive alarm bells like that's the thinking in the corporate world once they've got the consumer on side and they don't need to be nice to us they're not going to be nice to us so yeah hope that competition we need a little healthy, bit more eh? on the hook before we start <laughs> yeah, reeling in yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's um, keep being fans and waving flags to, for them <laughs> sounds good just to sort of and maybe it's maybe it's hopium more than anything else. I'm not sure, but I, I think what I have seen from Microsoft is how it how it can react to a community who is willing to criticize it to the degree that it has criticized it before, um, because that gold at uh, that um, Xbox Live Gold price hike, I can't remember what it was going to go up to, but it was ridiculous. Double it. Is, yeah, it, so it was going to double, and the the outcry was so loud um, and so strong that they just went, "All right, cool, yeah, fine, we'll um, we'll try and figure out a different way to nickel and dime you because you clearly don't like being nickel and dimed like that." Um, and I can respect it to a degree because at least they can sort of they are willing to respond, whereas some of the sort of more egregious kind of money grabbing practices that we've seen from other platform holders um it haven't necessarily been as as sort of forgiving or as soft-handed um at least with microsoft 
when they do take with one hand, they typically give with the other by providing more and more content to Game Pass because that's how they get you. Um, I'd like to think that they might respond in a similar way. And again, you know, we've seen them respond to Community Outcry in the last couple of weeks, but that was more because they got caught with their hands relatively red-handed rather than, um, you know, the, the alternative which would have been far more diplomatic and controlled and quiet perfect games did you have anything to uh yeah no uh yeah, they're, gonna, they're gonna gouge our eyes out as much as they can that's <laughs> all <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah no i got nothing else to say hopefully they don't yeah we like we like our Xbox, we like our games, but we are not, not here to cheerlead for Microsoft. They want everything they can from us, absolutely. Um, yes. Let's wrap it up there then. So thank you, everybody, that's come along for... Is this our third or is it our fourth? I have, I have one more wow. thing. One more quick thing that I forgot to put in the show notes. Um, uh, episode four of season two of Halo is absolutely incredible. I oh. I cannot recommend enough start this season watch a recap of season one because you don't you don't have to i would recommend watching it personally but if you really really don't want to just try and find a recap and then jump in on season two because season two is fucking good it is so good and i'm really really glad to see that it is getting the praise and fanfare that it deserves as well because it is done really really well um mm. yeah go and check that out oh might have to do cool. that okay i'll do that thank you Headley. yeah Thanks, Asa. Good influencing. We're both going to go and do it. Um, this is, is episode four, the Rise Son of Rome special edition, um, where we mentioned it a few times at least. That counts for something. Gamsley, tell everyone where they can find you, what you're going to be up to this week. All right. So uh, you can find me here every Thursday at 3 p.m., which is on... Whoa, hang about. Oh. Maybe. You play your cards right. Announce potato. No, you can find Gamsley here every week on Thursday. Carry on, sir. <laughs> yes. And um, also on Double Barrel Gaming, Monday, 12 p.m. for the uh, Xbox Lunch special with Boom. Um, and at Gamsley TKD on X, uh, I, where I just shit on Helldivers Hell 2 uh, every day, all day. Yeah. Don't buy that game. It sucks. To be clear, I'm joking. I'm really, really pleased with my co-hosts. I'm very happy that they are here every Thursday, and I hope that they don't leave on account joking. of me being like a bit of a dick sometimes. <laughs> there's a lot of love behind closed doors. Seriously, there's yeah. a lot of love in this panel. I wouldn't say a doors. lot. Yeah. I wouldn't say a lot. It's, it, there's enough. There's enough for us to keep doing it. Say it. Say sorry. <laughs> Look into its eyes and say sorry. Headley, Headley, what are you up to this week? <laughs> um... So, uh, like Amsley, you can also find me here every Thursday. Um, I also you can uh, you can find me on YouTube at Deadly Headley. Um, I I will work on new content at some point. I have like quite a lot of life stuff going on, so content for the moment is taking a little bit of a backseat, but not a long one, um, just a temporary one. Um, but I still have a lot of content on my channel that I'm really proud of, and I put quite a lot of 
focus on production quality there as well. So uh, yeah, if you haven't checked out my content on YouTube, um, go and do that because it's something that I'm really proud of. And again, I, I will work on more content soon, just sort of need to get my shit together. Um, but yeah, uh, happily here every Thursday um, on this amazing panel. Uh, and I'm really enjoying my time here. So again, thank you, Asa, for putting this together because I really appreciate it. Um, and I'm really proud of how well the, the show has been doing. Like largely the reception has been really positive. Um, we see a lot of people join us every week. We see a lot of people join us on demand as well. And it's really, really positive, the the reception and love that we've had from the community. So yeah, just want to say thank you for that. <laughs> Seconded, um, appreciate all of that. Yes, Gandhi. Um, where, where was, all, you didn't, you know, Headley likes Brotato also. Where was, where's the hate for Headley here? Where, where where's the snarky <laughs> comment, Asa? Huh? I'm defeated, Gansley. I'm defeated. <laughs> yeah. uh, going back to right yeah, side of Rome. He did really replacing it. me on Twitter earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is us done for today. Gaming Arcadia still has things going on. We've got the the Arcadia Roundtable on the Tuesday with Chris Grinnell and the Darge Knight. Q&A's are on a Wednesday this every Thursday, community games on a Sunday, and a bunch of streams and other things elsewhere. We do, I really strongly recommend the Discord, so have a little look on that, because we're always talking, playing games, and they're all streaming to each other and having a good time in there. For now though, thank you everybody, enjoy your gaming, and we'll catch you next week.